0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: I'm April Vokey, and you're listening to Anchored. My chance to speak with some of the most influential people involved in the outdoors today. Join me as I sit down with my guests to learn more about their careers, opinions, history, relationships, and life both indoors and out. Nancy Morris Lyon and Nellie Williams have been working for over a decade to safeguard Bristol Bay from the Pebble Mine. Nancy owns Bear Trail Lodge on the famed Neknick River and was one of the first female fishing guides in Alaska. Nellie is the Alaska Director for Trout Unlimited in Anchorage. Both Nancy and Nellie are mothers, avid anglers, and spokespeople for a cause that needs us more than ever. In this episode of Anchored, I sit down with both of them to hear why the general public's help is needed now more than ever before. As many of you probably already know, the mine is an issue that has long been discussed by anglers and hunters, but what you might not know is that it's on the brink of obtaining a major permit that could push the project forward. Last month, the final environmental impact assessment was released, outlining massive impacts to Bristol Bay fish, wildlife, and water. A decision determining if the permit will be issued will be made by the Trump administration sometime between now and this fall. Right now is the time to speak up. Learn more at savebristolbay.org. I'll include all of the links in the write-up of this podcast. Also, I'd like to personally invite you to join myself and the Luminary panel to watch a live national screening of the film The Wild, which is certain to give you a first hand look at what's at risk here. The show is tomorrow, August 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I'll be watching alongside you with a live panel, and we'll be hanging out after the film to discuss it. Time after time, we've watched places disappear. Not Bristol Bay, not this time. Get your tickets at evaswild.com forward slash screenings. And again, I'll post the link to make it easy. See you there. Thank you very much, ladies, for taking the time to be on the show during this COVID-19 insanity, I guess. What's it like in Alaska?
2: A challenge. Well, and probably not as much for us as it is for a lot of people. Um, You know, by nature, we're pretty much socially distanced. I live in a place that you can only access by plane anyway. So I've got the river pretty much to myself with a few other locals that occasionally wander out right now. And I guess there's some positives to being quarantined in Alaska right now.
1: <laughs> no kidding. What about for you, Nellie?
3: Similar. I mean, I'm in Anchorage, so it's a it's a bigger city. But, you know, we have some lovely trails right out the side door and have been able to get out and, and be outside a quite a bit. But, it, you know, the travel stuff is is tough. You know, my family lives in the Midwest, so it's a long way away for uh, having visits from family and and the whole working from home with kid thing is a challenge as you probably can imagine. I
1: think I'm averaging 4 hours of sleep a night and um I talked to my mom the other day and she was like you need to sleep. You look like you're going to just pass out. It's hard, <laughs> isn't it?
3: So hard. And they've yeah. done that
1: for both of you gals. You will
2: see it through and it you will be well rewarded for your efforts. So I I mean, my daughter's a fantastic guide for me already now and I'm looking forward to her taking over the business someday. So hang in there. It'll pay off. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Well, let's talk about that. So um, now, Nancy, I know that you have been a longtime lodge owner there in Alaska. I've heard about you for years because of my friend, Kate Taylor, who just speaks so highly of you. And uh, can you tell us all what you do? Well, I just fish. That's pretty much what I've done
2: out here for 30 36 years somewhere I mean you know at some point you, they kind of get blurred together but I've been out here for quite a while and uh, I've been a guide out here in the area and have kind of become well known for my big rainbow trout fishing and uh, you know the thing that I grew to know Nellie on so much is we started the Bristol Bay Guide Academy together and I've had the honor of being the head instructor for that for ever since its inception here what this would be year 12 Nellie I think or is it longer yeah. than that? Anyway, it, it's, it has been a, a, a real honor and a very, very rewarding thing that we've undertaken. And I'm sorry to say we have to cancel it this year, but it's, it's still, we'll, we'll move forward with it in the future.
1: Yeah. What about Alaska bookings for the lodge and where is your lodge located? So we are out in the heart of Bristol Bay in King Salmon,
2: Alaska, and uh, that's right on the bay, right on Bristol Bay. And it's the challenge for us right now. I just, I just got off a, a. Call with a statewide group I've been on since this thing started, and I was hopeful that they were going to lift the 14-day mandated quarantine for anybody arriving from out of state, and they are looking at lifting it for people on the road system, but that isn't us, and I was hopeful I was going to hear that it might be in a couple of weeks, but they've basically said they're not even going to start looking at it for a couple of weeks and maybe not even then. So we still don't have a reprieve. I actually have one group that is booked for 14 days in case they have to quarantine here. But, you know, one group doesn't make my season. So we're still very tenuous as to what kind of a season we will have and what it'll look like very grateful for the Alaskans that I have that have been longtime guests of mine that are coming out and have rebooked. And that definitely will help pull something out of the season for me and is making me look for looking forward to opening day, which is June 8th. So that'll be nice.
1: Yeah, I think about you all the time, you know, lodge owners in
3: general, especially in remote places. What about you, Nellie? Did you ever guide? I have never guided. I come from, I'm a, I'm a third generation bluegill fisher woman by uh family background. And I came up to Alaska. So I grew up, you know, fishing and, and hunting in the Midwest and then came up to Alaska in college. And, uh, fell in love with it, and learned primarily how to fish up here. But I, my skills were never honed until I, I met Nancy and, and got some good lessons. <laughs> got it. Thank you, Ellie. So you guys are
1: longtime friends. <laughs> <laughs> we are.
3: We've worked together for a long time and become really good friends. Yeah. Nancy's legendary. (laughs) She
1: is legendary. Nancy, on that note, I'd love to have you on the show one day uh, in person, especially to be able to pick your brain about your life, you know, 37 years ago and how it all started. So, I just, for people who see your name on the title of this podcast, just know that Nancy is not getting off easy. And I will circle back to talk about your story because we are going to be speaking mostly about conservation and what's happening in Alaska today. A
2: good topic. And I would be honored. So, by all means.
1: Now, this is a huge topic, and I know because I've been tired even thinking about this podcast. And I'm just going to be totally honest. If I get tired thinking about it, people who are listening are undoubtedly either going, oh, I don't know if I have the energy to think about this today. Can we break it down into the most simple explanation possible? Because it's very intimidating, and it feels like it's been going on forever. Absolutely. How do you keep the energy to keep waking up every day and continuing the fight?
2: Well, I'll answer that part and then Nelly can answer the technical part probably better than I can, but you know, this is where I live. This is my life. This is this is my my family's future. So how can you give up the fight? You know, that's kind of what it becomes. But it's been one of the things, the key things that I've been, you know, telling my legislators in general, both in state and in Washington, D.C. It's like my daughter has never known a time when Pebble Mine hasn't been part of her life. Is that okay? Is that, you know, is that something that should really be okay one way or the other? I I, I think it's appalling and I think it is a, a disaster. I, the majority of Alaskans have already come forward and said, this is not a good idea in this location. And yet we still can't get people to listen the way they should be
1: listening. And and it's very frustrating. It is frustrating. And we have covered this topic a couple times on the show and, um, you know, I just feel like every year when we get back to it, it hasn't changed. So maybe, Nelly, can you give us a little bit of the history on where it was and where it is now, and then eventually we'll all go into where it's going? Yeah,
3: absolutely. So at the heart of, of this whole issue is that there is a foreign-owned mining company that wants to build North America's largest open-pit gold and copper mine in the heart of wild salmon country, you know, with kind of the best of the best left for wild salmon in North America. And Alaskans don't want it. You know, a majority of hunters and anglers have spoken up time and time again, millions of people at this point. And everything points, the science says that, you know, this mine would be incredibly detrimental to the fisheries. You know, we're talking about 100 miles of streams gone, like never coming back. And that's at at the very low end. And all those pieces add up, you know, the location of where it is uh, upstream of most of the major river systems in Bristol Bay, which produce half the world's sockeye salmon, the size of the mine, which is 11 billion tons. And it's just really hard to quantify in your brain 11 billion tons, but it's more than all the other hard rock mines in Alaska put together, you know, would be by far the largest mine in North America. And, um, the type of mine it is has a huge waste rock ratio of waste rock to valuable minerals. so all almost eleven billion tons of waste rock would have to be stored on site in perpetuity forever at the headwaters of amazing salmon fishing, not to mention rainbow trout and all the all the other amazing creatures that are part of of life out there. So, Nancy summed it up nicely on that, you know, this is just a really horrible idea that Alaskans have sent time and again that they don't want. And, um, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, the reason a lot of elected officials haven't been listening to people on this is because, you know, the Pebble Limited Partnership spends more than $2, $2 million a year on, on lobbying. Uh, in Washington DC, and that doesn't count Juno. So yeah, it's been going on a long time. But I mean, this is in my mind, this is one of the most important fisheries conservation issues of our our generation. And if we can't draw the line on this, then I feel like there's no place off limit. And you know, that's certainly why I invest a lot of time and energy. And that's why Trout Unlimited has made this such a big issue for them. Is you know, this place is incredibly special and Far too important to put at risk for a short-term short-term jobs and a um, and an unsustainable project. The
2: thing to, for those out there that don't know yet or are trying to understand further about it is it could not be located in a worse location. It's not only just the heart of Bristol Bay, but it literally is sitting on top of two, the two major watersheds, the Mulchatna slash Nushigak drainage and the Kuijak drainage, which are the very head of Bristol Bay, which feeds all the rest of the rivers, the Naknek, the Igigik, on and on and on. So we're talking there there is no worse place for it to be and those waters we have discovered in all of this are actually connected together underground so if it if the crap drains to the quejaq side the is still going to get it anyway or if it goes to the Nuoshigak, the quejaq side still going to end up with pollution from it
1: so, this is bigger than fishing, obviously. I mean, this goes into entire ecosystems. It goes into economy, it goes into livelihood. it goes into history. I mean, this fills this filters all the way down into so much more than just being a, a lodge owner or a fishing guide. And I think that's important for people to understand oh, very much so. And then my neighbors out here, um
2: they have such a rich culture out here. It's unbelievable. And all of that's being threatened. We have three, maybe I guess you could say four indigenous tribes out here that find their roots in the Bay. And all of that is is being threatened with this mine coming in.
1: Do they have any pull over there? I know that we faced a similar situation with Shell. I mean, I, I think it was probably not quite to, to the extreme, but we ended up winning that battle. The indigenous tribes did come through, and they really helped us to get shell out of there. What about in Alaska? Is there a lot of support from the um, Indigenous people?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a group, a very active group, uh, United Tribes of Bristol Bay, that has been fighting it at an Indigenous person level. Uh, and Nellie, I mean, I think you're probably that more of an expert at this than I am, but primarily I think our biggest problem, they, they have been – effective but only to a certain point because the the ground that they are looking at using they're able to circumvent all federal ground and BLM ground is the state ground they're looking at using and our biggest problem has been that our government administration has been pro pebble for most of the way, so it doesn't matter so much because there's not enough tribal land involved. And Nelly, again, correct me if I'm wrong because you're the technical expert on this.
3: I think there's a couple things at play when it comes to the proposed pebble mine. I, I have never seen before like, such a sense of unity across all the different um, groups who who use and depend on salmon. So from a majority of the tribes in Bristol Bay to Bristol Bay Native Corporation, which is the regional Native Corporation, to many of the local village corporations, to commercial fishermen, to lodge owners, to sportsmen and women around the, the country. You know, this has been a uniting a uniting issue for groups of people that don't typically see eye to eye on fisheries issues and man- fisheries management in particular. So. That has been really powerful, I think at getting people's attention uh, both at the state level and at the federal level but but Nancy's right on the um it's the pebble deposit is on state land and uh, unfortunately at least our current state administration uh, doesn't doesn't put a whole lot of of weight into in the concerns of of tribes right now, which is incredibly frustrating for them and wrong and You know, I certainly think that they should be, their voice should carry a a huge amount of weight in this issue. And it isn't at the state level or much at the, at the federal level, unfortunately. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about who the quote unquote bad guy is.
1: (laughs) Do I recall hearing that it is a Canadian company? They're your neighbors. (laughs) Wow.
3: Yeah. We know better. Can you tell me a little bit about who these people are? Yeah. Yeah. So Northern Dynasty Minerals is the parent company of the Pebble Limited Partnership, the promoters of the mine. Uh, Northern Dynasty has never developed a mine before. And, you know, it's really consists of a, hand, a handful of major shareholders that are pushing really hard to to advance this project. The company used to have several financial partners, you know, Anglo-American, uh, it was a big one that that walked away from the project at a significant financial loss. And Northern Dynasty is the only the only quote unquote partner that that remains of the Pebble partnership, and they've been financially struggling for years. You asked earlier about what what gives us hope, and one of the things I, I fairly regularly do is look at the Northern Dynasty Minerals stock chart. And you know, at one time they were trading at over twenty dollars a share, and now it's well under a dollar, um, and you know, I I think, you know, looking back on all of that, it's like, you know, we we are holding the line collectively. We are all holding a line against this mining company, and they're financially struggling. And if we can hold them off a little bit longer, uh, they run out of money, and we can get on with more inspiring and proactive conversations about making sure this fishery is around for a long time. If Trump is out, does that change anything? It could. Uh, so. 2020 is a really important year because Pebble has applied for a major permit to build their mine that they need from the federal government uh, called the Clean Water Act permit. The Clean Water Act permit, uh, if if the timeline is followed, is set to be potentially issued. A decision on whether or not it should be issued will be made this summer. So for the past two years, we've all been wrestling and wrangling the review of this, this permit application, Pebble Defiled, basically on Christmas in 2017. And ultimately, the decision on whether or not they get a permit will be made by the Army Corps of Engineers and the Environmental Protection Agency, very likely with some influence and and conversation higher up in the White House and in the administration. So as things stand right now, that decision will be in the hands of the current president and close advisors. And uh, of course, like the process itself has been incredibly lacking and there's inadequate science and they have don't have an economic feasibility plan. I mean, we could go on and on with a list of things that are flawed about the current process. And our view and the view of Many, many people who have taken a close look at this is that this permit shouldn't be issued. And right now, we are are pushing through multiple fronts, like 250 businesses and um, organizations from around the country are pushing to call on the administration to deny the permit. If that permit is not issued um, and the process is delayed, then the next administration would be able to make that decision on the permit.
1: What do Americans have to gain by having this go through? What's the, what's the counter to this?
2: Well, that, to me, that's the most frustrating part because, quite frankly, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you ask who, who it was. There are no Americans involved in this whatsoever, other than the people that Pebble has hired to this point and are on their payroll. And that's it. There's nothing for Alaska, much less Americans, to truly gain from this other than some temporary jobs. There's nothing there. And, and it's quite frankly, what really irks me about it, you know, after the fact that nobody's listening to the fact that most Alaskans don't want this to happen.
1: So if it's a Canadian company, I feel like they're kind of sliding by because I don't, I feel like if Canadians really knew what was going on, that we could get on their heels and make a difference. Is that just me being naive? Has anybody attacked
3: that, Nellie? I don't know. I mean, that's a, a, a good a good question. We we have gone to, and and this is the bigger we, um, you know, someone from Alaska who's opposed to the 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 project has gone to Northern Dynasty Minerals shareholder meetings. I think to some extent there's a there's a bit of a disconnect, and and that. Some of the people in the mining company don't understand the depth and breadth of the opposition to their project. But yeah, maybe we should maybe we should be doing some more organizing in in Canada.
1: Yeah, I'd be going in for my ally, you know, the allies. Because if you think about it, I feel like if you got the Canadians on board and realized that one of our own was going in and trying to do this to our neighbor, we might be able to help derail it. But again, I'm also naive and I am i was a little girl who thought that if I started singing in a bus, that the whole bus would start erupting in music. So uh, I might be naive, but that's just a thought. I would have joined you. <laughs> I love it. How many people make up that company?
3: Not many, uh, a handful of staff and a handful of major investors. and then the Pebble Limited partnership has a um, office in Anchorage with you know, I, about a i think a dozen, and i don't I don't know their inner workings uh, all that well, but about a dozen people. That's really it. You know, they used to ha- hire more you know local local people near the mine site. but um as far as I understand, most of those folks have gotten laid off over the past few years. so it's I mean, it's really a marketing company. I mean, that's what, what the Pebble partnership is at, at heart. And you know, they've never developed a mind. They're trying to sell a bad idea. And, you know, thus far an Alaskans haven't been buying it.
1: What would it cost just to buy them out and
3: get them to piss <laughs> off? Still a lot of money. The thought has crossed our minds uh, many times. But, you know, they they're still worth quite a bit of quite a bit of money. I think if we can hold off their Their permit this year, that conversation gets a little closer to reality. How do we hold off their permit? Uh, Scream loudly uh, that this permit uh, shouldn't be issued and that if we want American jobs and if we want to keep all these great businesses and an amazing American fishery intact, we should deny the permit. And really, the next couple weeks are and, and months are when we need to say that.
2: And, and if I may add, too, I would say the, the thing about this permit, too, is what they're applying for right now, it, being a business person, and I'm certainly not an expert at it, it's not financially feasible. What they've submitted is something they're trying to get investors to buy, but it makes no monetary sense. And so we know that it has to lead to something much bigger than they're asking for. So they're trying to put a frickin' candy coated shell on what they're offering right now to investors in order to get this permit and they're selling a farce because there's no way it can stop there. It has to move forward in order for it to to make anything.
3: Nancy's so right. And this was there was a particularly frustrating couple of weeks last year where we had the mining company telling Alaskans that this it was this this new mine that you know was more environmentally responsible, and in the same week, uh, talking to their shareholders about eleven billion ton mine. And, you know, touting the benefits of of developing the full 11 billion ton proposal. And this company has more than a decade of deceiving Alaskans and they continue to do it till this day and nobody should trust them.
1: Yeah, this is super interesting. All I'm thinking about right now is what they would say if they were sitting here. Is there somebody on on their side who does speak about this publicly and tries to explain why they're doing what they're doing? Yeah, he's about to be elected to our Board of Fish. Like one of the guys from the mining company is about to be elected to the Board of Fish? Yeah, he's he's um, he's been nominated
2: by the governor to uh, take a seat on our Board of Fish currently.
3: And he's worked for the Pebble
1: Partnership. But this is fantastic. That that That's actually a fantastic opportunity. Nancy's going, oh, I don't know. But don't you guys think that this is a great way to get in?
2: Well, our board of fish, the only thing that our board of fish really does for us is to mandate how our fisheries are allocated. So it he doesn't he won't have any say about mines or anything else, but he can certainly make a mine friendly environment for them by being on the board.
1: Okay. Okay. The plot thickens. So talk to me about this board of fish. Which
3: board is this? This isn't the TU board. No. This is the state of Alaska, Alaska Board of Board. Fish.
2: We manage our fish and game up here a lot different than any place else I've ever been involved with, and and I really like it. It's a great. It it's what, seven or nine members, and they're from all across the state of Alaska, everything from subsistence fishing to sport fishing to commercial fishing, all kinds of different experiences. And they sit down and listen to certain areas each and every year, making decisions on changes that should be made to the laws in those areas for how Fish and Game is managed. So he is looking at becoming one of those people who make those decisions at at the same time pushing an agenda behind the scenes that isn't very favorable to fish or game.
1: And the governor's adding him. So how many people sit on that board? Is it seven or nine, Nellie?
3: Nine? I think it's nine, but I'd have to confirm that.
1: What else can we do right now as the public listening to all of this who understand your point and want to help and we just don't know how to?
3: Well, you know in the in the next two months, you know, I think anything we can do to to bring attention to this issue in in april i mean you you right out out of the gate uh during this our conversation uh noted that this has been happening for a long time, but you know this this year this year, I've never felt um a greater sense of urgency around people weighing in and spreading the word. And signing the letters, all of that stuff. I I've, I've seen the impact that they can have behind the scenes of, of every in every phone call, every email. And and I think now's the time. Like now's the time we have to double down. We have to hold the line against this mind. And if we can do it this year, uh, in the most challenging of, of times, then we then we can move on and, and get toward these more exciting and long term com- conversations about how we we keep this wild salmon, you know, just incredible place around for many, many future generations. So say Bristol Bay is a great resource just for, for both action and history. And we try to work with the best scientists on the issue to to make sure that information is synthesized and, and available to anybody who's looking for it, as well as just a continuous social media stream for both inspiration and education. So um, I, would, I would point out both... To you and the Say Bristol Bay uh, social media channels for for the latest.
1: Sounds good. Uh, What else is happening over there? I know that it's more than just there's more than just Pebble Mine going on. Anything else you can mention that's not too overwhelming?
3: Yeah, I mean. we can. We don't need to get into the details, but you know, I think Alaska has the opportunity to learn from a lot of challenges that other places in the lower forty-eight has have faced, right? Like, there's other other states that spend a lot of money trying to bring their their fish and salmon populations back, and in Alaska, we have the chance to get the wild salmon story right, and you know, that's what we focus on, and we have the opportunity to to work with some great lodge owners and guides and businesses that understand the importance of healthy habitat to their businesses and their bottom line. And I feel very honored to get to come to work every day and, and take care of the places that Alaskans love to fish. And a lot of people love to come visit and fish. So Trot Unlimited is about habitat and making sure that the fish have a home they, they can thrive in. What percent
1: of your uh, of your campaigns or of your support are anglers and and from a fishing stance? Do you, have you guys tapped into any of the other recreations or any other groups?
3: Yeah, we have. Um, you know, this issue has captured the the imagination and hearts and minds of a lot of people, not just just anglers. Um, the hunting community has gotten more and more engaged on this because there's some great hunting in Bristol Bay. We hear a lot about the fish, but you know, moose and bear and caribou hunting are are pretty fantastic out there. You also have increasing number of people who who just are seeking out that backcountry experience, you know, whether it's rafting or hiking or fat biking, even all of those Things are becoming more and more special, especially in the time of COVID, right, where so many of us are turning to outdoor adventures to stay sane and, and to recharge during really challenging times. So we've certainly tapped into folks that appreciate the outdoors on a broad level and then also people who love to eat fish, like eat salmon, a huge part of fish you buy at a restaurant comes from bristol bay so that's a huge part of the coalition of people working to stop pebble and that gets into commercial fishing and the thousands of businesses that rely on the commercial healthy commercial fishery in bristol bay so yeah i've been really impressed over the years about how you know regardless of your political affiliation or your interest in alaska and bristol bay specifically people people jump in and and are supportive of our efforts.
1: How does it work with politics there? Can you over can you get rid of a governor? Can you guys do something to push him out? Well, speaking of which, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's actually a, a unseat gun levy campaign right now. And when does that go to the polls? Is that September, Nelly or November? I think okay. it's this November.
3: I need to check the dates. But uh, yeah, our governor is actively under a recall and it's going to the polls. So we have our fingers crossed. It sounds
1: like we're back to politics, which is never surprising, but it's also a lot less intimidating than I thought because I really thought that this was like some of the world's top leaders in on this, but to be able to... Really, wrap my head around the fact that it's one company that you know that obviously has you know shareholders and has stay, you know, skin in the game. It's knowing that their stocks are going down and that maybe they are struggling to and maybe they are not this infinite life. It really does give me some hope that maybe we can nip at their heels until they actually just give in.
2: Well, we'd like to think so. But, you know, it, it, I mean, this fight t- has been going on. I don't know if there's any official date, but I, it's been going on basically 20 years because it's been since Riley was born. And she's now yeah, recently engaged to another fishing guide out here and is graduating college and on and on. So that I mean, to me, that speaks volumes when you've gone through a whole entire generation already and you're still fighting the same fight.
3: Mm-hmm. This, yeah. is, this is a big year. Though, I mean, I think I I said this before, but I I think I honestly think that if we can hold the line against this mine and prevent them from getting this permit and protect, you know, thousands of American jobs and businesses that are existing off the fishery now, then we have a a strong shot of making sure Bristol Bay stays the way it is for a long time to come. So this is a time to triple down, not just double down. Okay. so what can people do right now? Go to saybristolbay.org org and take the latest action. Uh, they can share stories and video about Bristol Bay from Facebook and Instagram, and and just you know spread the word how important this this place is, how special it is to not just hunters and anglers, but people who love salmon and and love the great outdoors. And I think those two things, uh, you know, write to your Congress people, tell them about this, and tell them it's important to. To people not just in Alaska, but all over the country. And, and that's, that is how we've gotten to where we are. And if we continue to vocally raise concerns, we'll keep Pebble out of Bristol Bay. And that concludes this
1: episode of Anchored. Thank you for listening.